0: There's no way to avoid the practicing in public. There's no way to avoid putting content out there that's not as good as what you know you can create because the only way you're going to learn how to create content that's better is by practicing creating content. Okay, I am going to try and dive straight in. To today's episode topic, because there is a lot to get into. But before I do, I wanted to kind of give a little why behind the episode and preface it a little bit because I do recognize that it is a little bit different to our usual topic of conversation. First of all, it is a highly requested episode topic and one of the most common questions that I get asked, which is, how did you grow your Instagram following? And it's usually by people who are discovering me who are also fellow creatives or people who have a dream that they're pursuing. And part of that involves being online and showing up on Instagram and needing and desiring that community and audience as well. And so that is kind of the big why behind the sharing of this story and bringing it to the podcast, which is one, you guys are always asking me about it, and so I'm finally going to give a real deep dive on it and, and share a lot of what has I have never shared before about getting to the part to the point where I am now with my creative business and what role Instagram played in that, but also because I think fill up your cup podcast, while it did really start with a big focus on self-care and being a self-care podcast has shifted and developed into something that's so much more than that and i think something that the community that has grown around this podcast all have in common is that desire as our tagline states to create a life that feels good and for many of us creating a life that feels good is about realizing a dream we have or following a passion we have or being our own boss and developing a creative career around something we love doing. And in the year 2024, a lot of that involves or a big part of that happens by showing up online and putting that dream online and growing a community around you and your brand and your dream or your passion or whatever it is that's going to allow you to convert this into something that you can make a business and even just saying that I get like slightly uncomfortable and I think that's why I'm I'm so nervous always about treading into this topic which is we really can't have this conversation without talking about making money and leveraging a community to make money. And I also realize that a lot of the time I'm talking to my own community and I, um, I'm i always worried people are going to be like, oh, you just take advantage of us. Um, and so that's why I'm always fearful, I think, myself of bringing this conversation up. But I love what I do. I love the community that has grown around my work. And it's not all about selling, but... As a consequence of the community that grew around my work on Instagram, I have been given the incredible privilege of doing something I love and calling it my job, and that is a dream that I had for a really long time, and something that I looked at other creators on Instagram and other social media platforms and other quote-unquote influencers doing and I aspired to do it too. I saw creative people doing creative things on Instagram, on blogs, on YouTube, and getting to call it their job. And that was a dream for me for a really long time. And I'm really grateful to say that right now it is what I get to do. And when I was coming up through my creative journey, I often felt there was a lot of gatekeeping around what it involves to go from just sharing online as a personal thing versus how to really grow a community that might one day allow you to make it your job to show up for this community. And so that is another reason why I really want to share this story and share my experiences With growing an online community, specifically on Instagram, because that's what my personal experience and story and most success has come from. Um, Because I know that many of you that listen are at that stage where you're building your dream, you're following your dream. Um, Maybe you haven't even said it out loud yet, but you have this small part of you that desires to do something creative or to build something. That's bigger than just you, to connect with a community and to get fulfillment and value from that by doing something that you love and calling it your job. And for you, a part of that may involve getting online, showing up on social media in order to build that community. And I'm not saying that that's the only way to do it, but I know that in today's day and age, it is a huge part of it, even for big established brands to be present online. And that can be very scary. And there can be a lot of advice out there that makes it feel like it's not possible to do it. And so I am going to share my story with you. And specifically, I'm going to share five things that I did to grow my online community on Instagram, focus on Instagram, but there were other places and I'll talk about that as well. And As a result of doing these five things, how I created a job for myself doing what I love. So let's get into it. I'm going to share my Instagram story. We're going to have a little story time today. And along the way, I'm going to share with you five things that I did that maybe you can start reflecting on how you might incorporate into your digital journey, into your, um, journey of creating a life that feels good for you if that involves showing up online and having a community um, of some sort. So let's dive into it. So number one, first thing that I did was starting before I was ready and before no one was there. Um, A lot of you don't know that my online creative journey started nine years ago with a blog I was living in London I was through my first year of teaching so I was in my like second academic year as a teacher which was what I had studied in college and I was already struggling with that not feeling like something that fulfilled me and then also dealing with the whole (laughs) like personal identity breakdown of this is what I just spent three years studying in university. This is what I spent five years before that in in school getting, you know, working on getting the grades I needed to get into university to study this. And if this isn't fulfilling me and I and I'm starting to see that it may not fulfill me, what am I going to do? So and that was kind of the era of like blog and YouTuber and Instagram was still very small. It wasn't like the, the, the place that you would look for your favorite creators first. That would be YouTube or their blog. But people were sharing on Instagram. But blogging and, and YouTube was really the big thing. YouTube felt really intimidating to me the idea of getting behind a camera and and creating video content was terrifying for me, even though it was my favorite type of content to consume. Um, but most of the YouTubers that I loved to follow and subscribe to at that time had blogs. And I absolutely loved their blogs because for me, that was like a Digital magazine. I loved the photography. I love how the posts were created. And it just felt like this really, really creative thing to do. And so I thought, I'm going to start a blog because that's less intimidating than starting a YouTube channel. And I don't have to worry so much about like people I know finding it because it's not so much me putting myself out there, but me just like creating articles, like magazine articles about things that I like on a blog. And it just didn't feel as scary. And that's where I started. And I started <laughs> I started before I was ready. I didn't have any fancy like equipment. I had a digital camera from when I was in college and a camera on my phone, which was not great because this was nine years ago. And I had a Dell laptop, which was at that point on its last legs from getting me through college (laughs) and would make a very loud noise every time it got turned on. I didn't even have a desk in my apartment that we were living in at the time Um, and it definitely wasn't a very aesthetic space and I just decided to start doing this because I liked consuming blog content and I liked the idea of creating it and the content that I created at first definitely was not very good at all. (laughs) But there is great lessons to be learned in starting before you are ready and practicing in public. And I think that a big part of growing an online community does involve that. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid the practicing in public. There's no way to avoid putting content out there that's not as good as what you know you can create because the only way you're going to learn how to create content that's better is by practicing creating content, whether that is photography, whether that is video content, whether that is writing in the form of blogs or even your captions, whatever it is, the only way you're going to get better is by practicing. And the only way you can practice is by publishing it. And the hard thing for many people is that scary 0 followers, zero subscribers. There's nobody here reading this thing that I'm doing or following this thing that I'm creating. So you have to go into it for the right reasons. And for me, blogging when I went into it was not about growing a following. It was just about experimenting with this thing that I enjoyed consuming, which was blog content. And so I started creating blogs and I had my Instagram account where I shared like all of the bloggers that I followed what I was posting on my blog. And because I was living in London at the time and there was quite a big blogging community in London, there was also like what was called a micro influencer community. So a micro blogging, which is like small time creators who are starting out don't have many followers, but have really active blogs. And so brands are interested in working with these kind of creators because they are um, creating a lot of content very regularly and mostly they're not getting paid for it because they have such small followers. Now I know a lot of that has changed since, but this was nine years ago and it definitely was a very much I was happy to create content for a brand if they gifted me products because that just felt like I was winning the lottery for me because it was really like the start of feeling like, oh, I have a dream of something. I aspire to be like these influencers that I follow and and now it's happening. There's there's companies sending me products as well. which And it just came from starting before I was ready, creating content before there was anybody there and then just tagging brands in what I was creating and buying. And somehow that led to, me kind of finding my way into the micro-influencer community in London and getting to work with some uh, really incredible brands and getting some really fun, gifted products. Which is a nice segue to number two. The second thing that I did to grow my online community was living with and sitting with imposter syndrome, but leaning into feeling inspired by others that were ahead of me instead of being threatened by them. So I think imposter syndrome is a big thing that all of us deal with when we're creating online and imposter syndrome is probably the thing that is holding you back from creating content online if you are listening to this and you are someone who either wants to start an Instagram account or a blog or a YouTube channel but hasn't done it because you feel like what you have to share isn't good enough or you're someone who's made the start but isn't actually showing up or posting content because you feel like an imposter and Often that comes from comparing ourselves to others who are way further ahead of us, who have been posting and creating content for a lot longer, who have bigger communities and audiences than us, who are just better at their skill than us. The reason they are ahead of us is because they've been practicing for longer than us. Nobody is an overnight viral success. I mean, I know TikTok tends to be the exception to that rule. That's followers, not community. Nobody grows and engages community that's actually interested in what a creators doing overnight. These creators are doing this for years. They've been, they were showing up before anybody was there and when people started to show up, they continued showing up and Um, And there were people ahead of them as well. So they are ahead of you, but that doesn't mean that there isn't space for you. So you've got to sit with your imposter syndrome. You've got to look at the people who make you feel like an imposter because they're so far ahead of you and start looking at them for inspiration and learning from them rather than comparing yourself to them and feeling threatened that there's no space for you in the industry because those people are doing it so well. There definitely is space for you. I felt imposter syndrome a lot when I started out because I was in London and I was surrounded by so many other bloggers because I was consuming so much great content. I felt like I wasn't good enough to get invited to these opportunities, to get gifting things. Um, And I just, I had to learn to sit with the imposter syndrome. And I think the big break for me was When I was maybe like a year or two into blogging, um, BeautyCon, which was this big beauty and lifestyle conference that started in America, it came to London for the first time. And tickets were really affordable because it was coming to London for the first time and it wasn't what it is now, which is much, much bigger. Um, And it came up on my Instagram feed and I saw a creator that I followed sharing it because she was going to be coming to BeautyCon And I just bought a ticket kind of without thinking, just a ticket to go by myself, which was also something that was very out of my comfort zone. Um, I bought it months in advance. And then when the time came around, I was really nervous about going, about going by myself, about going and being surrounded by other bloggers and lifestyle creators who were much further ahead of me. And I was feeling the imposter syndrome. But I had paid for this ticket, so I wasn't able to convince myself to get out of it because that felt like a waste of money. So I pushed myself and I went and it was very uncomfortable for me and my anxiety, but I connected with a lot of other creators who were in similar situations to me, who were more like confident and outgoing and ready to start conversations compared to me And I networked with a lot of brands, which I'd never done before. And I was able to leave people my card with my link and go see my blog. And what came out of that event was me realizing, first of all, the power of networking and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And second of all, realizing that Just because I feel like an imposter doesn't mean that I can't bring value to the space. I showed up, I definitely had to sit with my imposter syndrome that day, but what came out of that was I got to connect with a couple of brands who were exhibiting there who wanted to send me gifts and then... them sending me gifts led to me being seen by other brands who were looking to work with micro influencers and that eventually led to me working with Estee Lauder travel department that was based in London and getting gifted products from the Estee Lauder companies, which was like MAC and uh, Clinique and Estee Lauder as well, Um, and getting to go to an event at the Estee Lauder offices and getting invited to other micro-influencer events. And that all started with me sitting with my imposter syndrome, going to BeautyCon, getting to be inspired by others who were around me, who were ahead of me and learning from them and what they were doing. And that opened doors for me. The third thing that I did was leaning into what I loved, but also what set me apart. So my story continues. I'm living in London. I'm blogging. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting to work with, and I say work with in, uh, in quotes because no one was paying me. I wasn't getting paid to, to blog or to create content for Instagram But I was getting um, gifted incredible PR packages and I was on a lot of PR lists at that point because I was living in London and it was amazing and I was getting invited to like mini events and it felt like for me the start of something that could be amazing. I had got a taste for this content creation world, and I wanted more of it. In 2016, my partner and I, we moved away from London for many different reasons. Um, It was a city that was taking a lot out of us. We both loved it, but we wanted a change of pace in life. And We wanted space to explore other things. And for me, that meant space to explore blogging and to see could I make a go of being a full-time blogger. And so I took time out of work. Um, And the moral of the story is I took time out of work before I was getting paid to create content. And so obviously I took unpaid time away from work and I depended on my savings and it didn't work out. I did not become an overnight sensational um, blogger. But I learned a valuable lesson from that year of of trying to make a go at a blogger, as a blogger. And a lot of that came from just getting frustrated that I was creating really good content, in my opinion, at that point. And, and looking back, like I was putting a lot of effort into it. Um, and it was harder then at that point because... I wasn't living in London, so I wasn't in that blogging community anymore, and a lot of the brands that had been gifting me products were not gifting me products anymore because they weren't willing to ship products to me outside of the UK. They weren't willing to to gift me things in Italy. I wasn't as valuable to them as I was before, and that really hurt. It, it, I took it personally, even though it was just business. So. But it made me ask myself this question as to like, why are other people doing better at this than me? Not from an imposter syndrome point of view, but really getting curious and analytical about if I'm doing really great flat, light, flat lays and I'm creating really beautiful product photography, why am I not getting more opportunities? And I, that was the point when I started to realize that the lifestyle blogging space was not bringing me joy anymore because the content that I was creating felt like just a copy and paste of the content that everyone else was creating. And I felt like I'd kind of reached my limit as to how creative I could be with it. And I was starting to get this itch of, I want to do something more creative, I still wanna create content, I just didn't know what that looked like. I bought a digital graphic tablet and started adding digital illustrations to my photographs to create some uh, different edits. And that led to me creating some digital illustrations of beauty products and then of quotes, and that is where Laura Jane Illustration started. Um, And obviously, somewhere along in between here, I did go back to work because I was not making money as a content creator. But I started to lean into what I loved, and what I loved was the creative side of things. It was the photography, it was um, the styling It was design and that led me into digital illustration. And again, something that a lot of people do not know is that the very start of large Jane Illustrations, my very, very early content was digital illustrations of beauty products because I was making a shift from beauty and lifestyle blogging. I didn't realize that I was making a shift at the time, but I was bored of just flat lays and product photography and I wanted to do something that would set me apart in the space and so I started illustrating and creating GIFs of my illustrations of beauty products and one of the first pieces of content that kind of got me seen was I did an illustration of some Zoella beauty products and I made it into a GIF and Zoella beauty re-shared it and that brought me my first um, kind of big influx of followers and at the time I had also been uh, sharing some quotes on my page along with the beauty product illustrations uh, because I liked lettering and illustrating quotes and I was going through a lot of stuff at the time and and that was a way that it was helping me process it just positive post-its and quotes and the people who kind of came through the Zo- Zoella beauty post that was reshared um, started to like and engage with the quotes, and that was how I started to shift into what you now know, Laura Jane Illustrations, which is completely different to where it started. But it was by leaning into something that I enjoyed doing and also making it my own, so that it set me apart. So we're roughly around the 2017, 2018 mark when I started Large Jane Illustrations, the account, and I started doing digital illustrations. I started leaning more towards quotes because that was the content I was enjoying doing. It was the content that was getting me noticed and it was the content that people were engaging with. And that really excited me because I had been blogging for four or five years at this point, And I rarely got comments on my Instagram account. And now I had this new Instagram account and people were actually commenting on my posts and having conversations with me about the things I was talking about. And that was really exciting. And so I decided to rebrand, re-brand my blog. It became Hello Happy, which now doesn't exist either anymore. Um, and I started to blog about more about the things that I was sharing in my Instagram quotes, which became things like self-care and mental health. And that is a great segue into my fourth thing, my fourth lesson that I've learned along the way, um, which was finding the balance between what's shareable and what I want to share. So this is an important lesson, I think, um, for me in my journey, and I think is a very valid Point a very current point in today's content creation world, which is finding that balance between creating content that is trendy and on trend and shareable versus content that you want to create, the content you enjoy creating, and the content that you enjoy sharing the most. The thing that I say to people who ask me how I grew Laura Jane Illustrations the to to be what it is today is the the number one tip that I always give is I started out that account just as a hobby. I never expected it to grow into what it did. Obviously, as I've I've kind of shared the origin stories of it now you might understand a bit more. And I just started sharing things that I liked. Um as I previously said, I was getting bored with the lifestyle blogging world. I felt it was very copy and paste. I didn't know where I fit in there. And so um, what I didn't mention was the reason I created Lori Jane Illustrations was because I didn't want to just start sharing loads of digital illustration content on my blogging Instagram page, my blog uh, Instagram account. Um, I still hoped that I was going to figure out how to make that work, but I I think I was in denial as to the fact that I really was already finished with that phase of my content creation. Um so I created large Inn illustrations because I was enjoying creating digital illustrations so much, but I didn't want to be posting them all on my blog account. And so I didn't see it coming when things that I was sharing on my large Inn illustrations account started getting reshared and started getting reposted in other places and started attracting this following. And it really didn't take very long for that account, which was created only like a couple of months, to match the following that I had on my blog Instagram account, which I had for years at that point. And so it was really exciting to be creating content that other people wanted to share. But I had to find that line of what do I want to share? Because now I'm finally in a space where I'm creating just because I enjoy creating and magically, somehow other people are interested in it as well, how do I avoid falling into that trap of just creating for them? And what I always say to people is, create the content that you want to see more of online. I was tired of creating lifestyle content. I was tired of copy and paste flat lays and everyone doing the same thing. So I started to do something different, which was illustration, which was something I loved doing since I was a kid. And I started to relearn it. And I just started posting it because I was enjoying it and I was enjoying other illustration accounts at that time and I wanted to see more of this on Instagram and so I contributed to that by sharing what I wanted to see. But it is also really important to create content that is shareable. Um, Any social media strategist will tell you that. You've got to figure out what that line is. And yes, creating content that I loved helped me create to grow a community around my Instagram content. Because when you love what you're sharing, people feel that off of your content and they will love it too. But I had also loved what I was sharing when I was blogging as well. The difference was when I was creating for Laura Jane illustrations, I was creating content that was really, really shareable. My first piece of Viral content was a quote that I created and shared on International Women's Day in 2018, I think it was. And it was just an illustration of hands of all different skin tones, um, like coming closed together. And it was, and it just said International Women's Day, I think, or um, women uplifting women, or a quote like that. It was just a shareable piece of content. And I shared it on a day where People wanted to share something to show that they were supporting that day, and it got reshared a lot, which led to people finding my content. So did talking about things like mental health and self-care, which were things that I was passionate and I wanted to share about, but the way that I was sharing them was really shareable. Now, I could have fallen into the trap of just continuing to always do that, continuing to create content for days like International Women's Day and Mental Health Awareness Day and all of the other many days because that's shareable, trendy topic and that's uh, content and that's easy to do. But I also wanted to create content that was important to me, which was um sometimes just cute illustrations and cute quotes and not everything that i've created has been a shareable piece of content and i think even more so today the content that i'm creating is a lot more come back to that place of just creating content that brings me joy and interestingly some of the quotes and illustrations that i some of the quotes that i've written and things that i've illustrated over the years that are personal to me it's not me just re-illustrating someone else's quote Um, were things that I just wanted to share because it was a quote about something that I was going through or an experience I was going through and I just wanted to share that as a way for me to process it. Some of those have been some of my most engaged with pieces of content because they came from the heart and people wanted to have a conversation with me in the comments about it. So you have to find the balance between what's shareable and what's trendy and what you want to share. And also be okay with the fact that everything you create isn't gonna go viral even when your content starts to become popular and you start to have a community and an audience around it. They're not gonna love everything you create. They're not gonna want to reshare everything you create. So you have to be really self-aware of not creating for the reshares. Don't fall into the trap of just creating content because you think it's what your audience want to see or you think it's what people will be more likely to share. Find the balance of what's shareable and what you want to share. And that brings me to my final point and my final lesson that I've learned, which is a little bit bit more of a more recent lesson. And the fifth thing that I did to grow my community um, in the more recent years was forgetting about the algorithms the content strategy and all the expert advice on what I should be doing and instead focusing on building the community with those who were already showing up for what I was doing so yeah I started before I was ready with blogging and I started before there was anyone else there. And I restarted again when I created large Jane illustrations and there was nobody there then as well. But then somewhere along the way, I grew an audience and I saw a couple of really consistent years where my account was always on upward growth. It was always collecting more followers. There was never a day where my account was declining where I had less followers than the day before. It just became the norm that because my account was as big as it was, it was always growing. And I think that's a very like old Instagram experience that we can think back to when Instagram first took off. It really only took one or two really good posts for a creator to become noticed and for more people to notice them. And to get into that pocket of constant upward growth. And I think really when you hit in old, olden days on Instagram, when you hit that 10K mark, that was the sweet spot. If you hit 10K, it kind of felt like your account was always in an upward growth. And for me, that was what it was like for a really, really long time. And I felt like I didn't have to try. Um, And in many ways, I did not try. I was just illustrating and I was posting content. Was I responding to comments? No. Was I engaging with my DMs? Absolutely not. I rarely answered them. It was chaos. Um, But I was also in that mindset that I think a lot of bigger creators get into, which is when you have an audience of a certain size, you don't need to engage with your followers because they're just going to keep showing up and coming anyway. Um, but then Reels came out and TikTok started competing with Instagram and the algorithm changed and then everything changed. And I still remember the first day where I saw a massive drop in my followers overnight and I thought Instagram was after glitching and a lot of creators were saying Instagram is glitching because my I lost followers overnight and my account isn't growing anymore um and that was really the beginning of the algorithm changing and it just not being a given that because you have an audience that engaged with your content previously that you will continue to get new followers. Um, Reels really changed everything and it it I went <laughs> on a, a period of trying to reinvent myself. I panicked when that happened when my my audience went backwards and if you're listening and you were with me around the time that reels came out you probably saw this i went through many iterations of trying to figure out how i could show up on instagram now that reels were there because my content was static illustrated content and I was looking at what other people were doing on reels and I fell into the trap that I had fallen into before when I was a lifestyle blogger which was just looking at what other people were doing and trying to recreate it and obviously it didn't work because It wasn't me. It wasn't my voice. It wasn't me leaning into what I love to do and that what sets me apart. It was me throwing out all of the lessons that I'd previously learned and just listening to what Instagram so-called experts were telling me I should do and worrying about the algorithm and trying out all of these new content strategies, posting every day, posting three times a week, posting three times a day. Um, It was chaos. Um, And... I was constantly losing followers and I was now at a point where I had left my job because I was making money from being a freelance illustrator and I was doing this as work and now it was important for my Instagram to not just flop because that was where my audience and my community was and so I eventually gave myself a little kick up the butt (laughs) and I was very frustrated with creating reels and creating content. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And so I was like, okay, what can I do to enjoy this? And I stopped worrying about the algorithm. I stopped consuming Instagram expert content. In fact, I unfollowed a lot of those Instagram experts, which I'm not going to name on here because I don't want to put a target on my back. But I'm going to say to you now, if you have those kind of creators in your feed, unfollow them if you are struggling with your growth and you are listening to all of those experts who are telling you this is what you should do, this is what the algorithm is, unfollow them. Um, If it comes up in your suggested content, tap those three dots and say you're not interested in this. You have to start going back to the basics of sharing the content that brings you joy, creating the content that brings you joy. And then the other thing that you have to do that is honestly the thing that made me fall back in love with content creation in the last year to a year and a half um, is showing up for the people who are already there, whether that's one or two or one or 200. I started responding to comments and that sounds like a small thing to do. But as I said, I'd got to the point where my account was at that point 200, thousand or something and I, I I, thought okay I don't need to respond to comments. I would respond to a few um, but also it was r- more difficult to find recent comments uh, before Instagram updated all of that but those were excuses though as well. Um, so I started actively responding to comments like every single comment and if you are following me now you will know that that is something that I try really hard to do which is answer every single dm i will answer every single dm i will respond to i'm gonna say 95 of comments because sometimes i will have something that goes a little bit viral and it's very it gets away from me and it's really hard to respond to all the comments but i try my hardest for the people who are there who are showing up in my comments who are showing up in my dms who are following me and those who have been following me for a really long time I respond and engage with my community so much that I recognize the handles of users who regularly comment on my stuff and regularly reshare it and like it and I really like that I feel way more connected to my community and the consequence of that is my community feels connected to me and I I have briefly shared on the podcast before that 2022 was a really difficult year for me and my business. I don't want to go into the details of it because I'm still really processing that. But a lot of it was to do with struggling to find my voice online and that not working and also then not getting new clients, not getting new work, not reaching new people. And... In 2023, I really went back to the basics of why I do what I do and why I started following this stream in the first place, which was I love creating and I love connecting with my audience that were already there. And the flip side of something as small as starting to respond to the comments that were under my posts, which because my engagement had dropped so much, was not that many in the beginning, despite having 200,000 followers. Um, But that small action of starting to show up for the people who were there had a major knock-on effect for me in 2023 which was for the first time in a couple of years at that point i started to see an increase in engagement and an increase in new followers and not only that i started to see an increase in people's interest in my work outside of instagram People clicking on my links, people signing up to my email newsletter, people coming to the workshops that I hosted, people being interested in the products that I was designing and selling and just wanting to support my work because we were now a community and not a bunch of followers following following someone who was posting and ghosting them. So that brings me up to today. And those are the five lessons that I've learned along the way, five things that I've done and basically my Instagram story and a somewhat watered down as best as I could summarized version. I really want to share more of this side of my work. One of my goals and one of the kind of intentions that I've set for myself for 2024 is to be more present in my own brand and in my own content and share more of the behind the scenes with you all. And part of that is answering the questions that you have been asking me for years and years. I hope that you didn't click on this episode hoping I would give you a one size fits all solution to growing on social media because it's not possible. I don't care what the Instagram experts tell you. Growing on social media is about starting before you are ready and showing up before no one is there. It is about feeling that imposter syndrome, but pushing through it and creating content and practicing in public and knowing that it's not as good as it could be, but being okay with that. It is about looking at those who are ahead of you and taking inspiration from them and learning from them rather than feeling threatened by them or convincing yourself that there is no more space left for you. It is about leaning into what you love that sparks something for you that makes you feel excited and and inspired, but also that thing that makes you different, that sets you apart from everyone else who's already doing that. It's about finding the balance of what is shareable and trendy and exciting for people and the balance of what you are excited about and what you want to share and what you look forward to creating. And it's also about forgetting the algorithms, forgetting the content strategy and the expert advice and what you should be doing and instead focusing on building a community by answering your comments by responding to your DMs by engaging with the content of other creators who do what you do or that are doing something you are inspired by and just showing up for the people who are already there or who start to show up along the way and remembering that this and the reason that you wanted to do this was to create something that makes you feel good but that also connects with other people. And there's a difference between community and having a bunch of followers. And that is my two cents on it. (laughs) I'm not gonna give you some algorithm advice. I'm gonna tell you that if you have a dream, and part of that dream involves you showing up online in some way, start before you're ready. Start today, open that Instagram account, get that handle, post, something don't worry about it being perfect just start showing up for your dream and what you want to create because even if it's a really long road to get there and it took me (laughs) nine years to get to where i am today it will be so worth it in the end investing time in yourself and your dreams is always going to be worth it I hope that you liked this episode. I really want to create more episodes like this this year, answering more of your questions and sharing more of my experience and how I do what I do and how I have created a life that feels good for me. If you did this, if you did enjoy this episode, show it some love by leaving a review or a rating and by hitting that subscribe button wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also follow the show on Instagram and TikTok as at fill up your cup pod, and you can connect with me in the comments and the DMs over there as well. And if you want more creative ideas, more creative content, or to see more of the behind the scenes of me doing what I do, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash illustrations and become a Patreon member for lots of exclusive content over there as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode, that you found it inspirational, and if nothing else that you enjoyed listening to me, um, go on a little bit of a story time rant about my journey from lifestyle blogger to whatever it is I do now, freelance illustrator, content creator, multi-hyphenate, um, but most of all, just every day grateful that I get to create things and call it my job.